0: This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 23, featuring Eva Las Vegas. Eva Las Vegas is a force of nature, a Seattle and Brooklyn legend. She's a friend of mine. She's a great singer-songwriter, great singer, great player. We thought today we were going to talk about pride and kind of music and songwriting, which we do talk about a little bit, but um, with what's going on in the world, we had to talk about what's going on in the world right now. Start of every episode that I do, I always welcome everybody as my neighbor Um, and fellow citizens of the world, because that's what we all are. But we have to treat each other as neighbors, and we have to take care of each other and speak up for each other when we need to. While we have the right to speak, we need to use our voice and engage in conversations. We cannot lose hope. We must keep on, keep on, keep on. Keep talking, keep paying attention to what's going on, and speak up when you see injustice. So we talked about some of the injustices that we see. We talked about current events. We also talked about where Eva comes from and her past, her experiences coming here from Venezuela and then living in Seattle and being involved with some very uh, famous, well-known Seattle people. Um, And we talked about what she's working on now, what she's doing now, life now, and... Eva played some music at the end of our interview, so definitely stick around and listen to her do her thing. Without further ado, this is Eva Las Vegas. Let's have a conversation.
1: Various things to talk about.
0: Yep. So, Eva, how are you doing?
1: I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty good considering the state of the world and, you know, the triggers than happen every half second in the, situa- the situation that's happening in this country. It's, it's alarming to say the least. It's frustrating, it's indigna- indignating, you know, indignant, you know. It's hard to see your neighbor who doesn't care. It's really hard.
0: Yeah. Or who's justifying things.
1: Well, they actually don't care. That's, they don't care. About you know the human human condition and pain, and they don't care. They, they're white supremacists, you know, and um, that's not ever been a secret. This country, ha- was built on white supremacy on the backs of people of color. Um, there are Chinese people on the railroads. There are black people all over the country who knows, and in the in in the prisons which are corporate now and. I mean, like, what I saw this thing today, and what I was thinking is, like, this is what, what Trump ran for. So this is, like, the deal of his life. He could make money implementing white supremacy. His wet dream, you know. The man is a racist. He's been a racist for always, you know. I just don't, I, I am, I don't know. I have some, so much feelings and so much frustration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um i am watching the news today, and it's like one of those things where every day, on the one hand, I don't wanna watch the news because it <laughs> brings me down, but on the other hand, I feel like I have to kinda keep watching what's happening, at least, and speaking about it as much as I can, trying to stay, you know, trying to not fall asleep, um, because I think the, the crazy thing is like the amount of things happening all that so once. So fast. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's sort of like, um, I think that's the kind of, the plan is kind of throw so many things out there so that, yeah, if people fight back on one thing, um, people forget about (laughs) other things going on. Correct. And even in this particular case, I think the, the breaking point is that the children are being separated from their parents, like by the thousands. Um, and So, first of all, there's still some people that are justifying that, Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of people are at least like, okay, like that's too far. But the latest thing now is like that he's going to sign an executive order. He
1: didn't, he didn't say anything. Yeah. He just, he just like, he's just like wasting time, you know, wasting time to see what's the next thing they're going to do.
0: Well... yeah, so well, well, the latest that I heard is that he's going to sign an order that's going to keep families together, mm-hmm. but they're going to be in detention camps. And so I'm like, what's. I'm like, don't. So I don't. I'm worried that if that happens, one, how long is like, are people going to stay together with their family? But two, what's going on with these camps? Well, you know, camps, the,
1: detention centers are money makers. Exactly. That's what they are. They're not, they're nothing. Yeah. But money makers. For the people who are in the government, who are not allowed to be connected with businesses, that's how they make their money. They have somebody called you know front they, these nonprofits now. I bet you they're all like uh, um, evangelists or some kind of god thing or other, and they've already made millions. Each day is seven hundred something yeah. dollars per kid. You know, first of all, it's such an inflated figure because you know they're they're t- they're feeding him crap. Yeah. They, they don't, they're not sleeping in beds, they don't even have blankets, you know, so that's how they make money. And that's how these countries always make money. The moment that they privatized the prisons is when it really became more obvious, you know. Yeah. That's why now Reagan and Bush sound so mild. I mean, Reagan sounds really mild yeah. in comparison, you know. He, he, yeah he, he gave money to the rich. It's just that things have gotten more and more barbaric. And you know, um, technology has a lot to do with that. You know, the, the lack of, how we have lost our sensitivity to things because we have so much of it. And people are really uninformed or ill-informed or misinformed. It's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It, uh, I think one of the most horrendous products of technology and white supremacy and the spread of white supremacy is all the, the shootings in the schools, you know, that is a, it, it, I think it's related to the technology and the fact that these groups really grow in in online, you know, and they, they have a really strong online presence. I mean it's like I was talking to some I was there's they just um this something else they just approve the abortion in Argentina. Yeah. And the men down there sound like themselves. They sound exactly the same. I mean, it's 50 years later, we're 50 years in the past. You know, they finally pass it. And now these men are coming out saying that they're just gonna kill them. They're just gonna burn them. They're gonna tra- rape them. And, uh, it, and where, where's all that coming from besides the obvious toxic masculinity, you know, that we all know about and nobody wants to talk about it because then, if you talk about it, then men are bad. And it's like, it's not that men are bad. Some behaviors are really bad. And um, it's like, well, not all women are this or that either, you know. Um, anyway, it's, I, 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 feel, I feel in a constant state of, like, boiling anger. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, 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 I see where all this came from. And sometimes I can't even look at people in the face, you know, because I know that they don't care. Yeah. And it's so intense, you know? That's, that's, you know, this is about something else why I stopped playing in, in like mostly white venues because I got tired of being the, their, their one-on-one <clears throat> anti-oppression workshop, you know? using me as, a, you know, like, I got tired so I don't do it anymore, you know? It's like, and that was a lesson that I learned here in New York because I came here and I felt that I was was so much better than Seattle, you know? And it it really is, you know? But then I experienced that because then there is a, um, there is a wealth here that doesn't exist there and there is a whiteness here that is like way more entitled than anywhere else. So yeah, that's that.
0: (laughs) Um, Do you wanna talk about, you know, when I thought of talking of you, A few weeks ago or a month ago, when we were talking um, about Pride, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, of course, you as a musician. Um, We can talk about anything, though. We
1: can talk about anything, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't feel so proud right now, but um, I don't, I I actually haven't, I I don't attend the Pride Festival in Manhattan. It's too corporate and it's all about white men, you know, and I'm not into it. I do attend. The Dyke March, the Trans March, and the Drag March—plenty of marches to go to. Yeah, and I'm probably not going this year because I'm I'm having some mobility issues. But I am going to the beach on Friday, going to the Queer Beach and Riz Beach. I hope that I see everybody there. It's gonna be so fun. It's always it's always like a, an outer body experience, you know, to be surrounded by so many people who are okay, you know people of color, queer people, different sizes, different colors, different everything, you know. And um, it's, you know, when when the month started, you know, I was really excited, you know, it's like it's a month that we get to be proud, you know, even though it does not make up for the rejection of family and the loss of friends and the loss of jobs and the loss of housing and the ill treatment in medical, you know. But then we have this month that we can just see each other in the street and it's like happy pride, you know? Um, and yeah, that's good. It's, it, ha- it has turned into something that is like super corporate and, and horrible, but uh, on the other hand, uh, we do have that month, you know, I guess.
0: I can relate to that um, specifically. Like I was thinking about um black history month is one thing i know Was was. (laughs) specifically even um more so specifically the hijacking um by like republicans on why we shouldn't talk about racism and they try to quote martin luther king yeah not understanding like martin luther king actually started addressing wealth inequality and like the bigger issue of like kind of the corporate state that we're facing now Mm -hmm. um Martin Luther King, like, had a dream of people, you know, being judged by the content of their character. And you know, Martin Luther like, King
1: was killed.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because of what he was saying,
0: and you know, and like in the scope of time. So like, worried like for me, like, seeing these camps, detention camps, thinking about the Japanese internment camps, thinking about these different things that a lot of people want to push. Now, I mean, the one thing that I will say with what's happening right now is. People are coming out of the woodworks and not pretending like racism or white supremacy is a thing. Some people are emboldened, and at least yeah, some it's ugly, but at least it's like kind of coming to the surface. But like I remember, ten years ago, people would talk about racism and try to claim it's all in the long past. When Martin Luther King, like the Civil Rights Act was '65, and then he was assassinated in '68. So it's like he was assassinated. After as the a civil product, uh, yeah. as
1: a product of, yeah.
0: So it's. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
1: it's like that my experience is like I still, I still, my experience is that I'm constantly told that um, you need to like, stop talking about racism. Uh, you're pulling the race card again. That's your only narrative, you know? It's like, well, I mean, it really affects my life, you know? Yeah. And I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I don't know what, it, what blackness is, you know? I know what it's like to be a brown, queer uh, immigrant, you know? And, and that's been pretty fucked up, you know? So, yeah. Um, um, Yeah. People, white people are, I mean, I really hate to... I don't hate to say, it, you know, white people in general are cowards, you know, and um, they're just very complacent in, in, in their in the, lo- the luxuriating in their whiteness, and um, and you know, I, I have to say that unfortunately, uh, white supremacy affects us all, and we all have internalized hatred, internalized racism. Latinos are a group uh, as a group, not as a whole group, because Latinos, where there's so many Latinos, different countries, different. Uh, you know, different ethnicities, you know? But in general, the colony, we have the colony in, in, encrusted in our fucking anuses, you know? We, it's, I came to this country when I was 17, 16 years old, and I had to work really hard when I realized. Because I, when I left my country, I already knew that the classism that where I lived in was bad, and um, the religion, the religi- religiosity, didn't go with me. The anti-blackness was really awful, and I came here, and then I realized that I had a lot of that myself. And it's taken me years. It's taking me decades, and I still constantly call myself out because I still have it in me. You know, I was raised with anti-blackness. I was raised with anti-indigenous people. You know, even though I'm part indigenous and I am part black, you know. So yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to to fight white supremacy because it's pretty, pretty much within us.
0: Yeah, ingrained in all the systems and everything, um, financial systems, legal systems, everything, everywhere, educational systems.
1: Um, and it's like it's like what everybody wants to attain, you know. Even though we don't, we we try to fight it. That's what we we try to attain. We try to to get to some kind of uh, you know. Set, uh, top of the mountain, you know, in this whole environment. And that's, the top of the mountain is, you know, white supremacy.
0: So let's go back, you said you came here when you were 17? Uh, um, 16, 17. 16, yeah. Um, I was where, in high school. Where did you come from and what were you doing before? And then, yeah, let's kind of go back and...
1: Okay, I was born in Venezuela. I, um, I was, what I was doing when I was sent away, um, I, wasn't, I played music, I smoked weed, you know, I was a girl, so that wasn't okay. Um, and then my family decided, I wanted to leave too. It's like we were having, like, I was rebellious and stuff. And they offered me the opportunity because the economy was really good and it was really cheap to send people here to go to school. So they sent me to, they sent me, but they sent me to a boarding school in Tennessee. The worst thing that could ever happen. It was the worst, most, I mean, I I guess in a way it was good because immediately I was faced with intense racism and intense prejudice. And um, they kicked me out after a month. And I ended up in LA, went to school there, or tried to go to high school there, I went to San Pedro High School. And after that, I ended up moving to Seattle. Um, where I decided, I never finished high school. I just took the GED at Seattle Central Community College. Mm-hmm. And I took a couple of quarters there. I, I think I, I started going, to, I, I went to Seattle University too to learn English. And um, I didn't like that school. So I went to Seattle. I, then I got married. Okay, the married part is very important. You know, I met somebody, we went to Venezuela. They kind of forced me to marry him there. They're like, if you don't get married, we're not going to send you back. And I, okay. So I married him and I went back and I ended up going to Seattle Central Community College. I only took dance, drama, and singing. And um, after like three quarters, I was bored, and I left school and I just played music. And I've been playing music since. I mean, I did lots of social work and activism, but mostly I played music in the streets, and then I met the famous dude, and I played with him for a while, and that opened a lot of doors for me. And it closed a lot of doors too, but then I ended uh, i that whole time that's like twenty five years you know so yeah, it's like uh what it's instant in, instant success test takes like overnight success right. takes like twenty years, you know yeah, so after I think that I felt more myself after I moved to New York, even though I was already in my forties when I came here, uh, life is just it's i just felt like the the Northwest is really, really awful, you know. I'm, I suffered so much living there, and I didn't know. I just, I got used to it, you know. Uh, it's just hard. It's hard. It's like when I went to visit last time, it's like people of color are different there. They're so affected by the in- incredible amounts of passive aggression, and the classism, and the elit- elitism. And it's, it's hard. When I went to Seattle, um, the, the Central District was a black neighborhood. Yeah. It actually, came all the way to Broadway. And then the gays started to move in and they started taking over and they basically took over. And now they're crying because they're being evicted by Amazon. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a vicious cycle. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I came to New York and I've been, and I here I, I just have been playing just music from my country. Um, just being kind of active in the queer community.
0: I met you in, like I was pretty new to New York when I met you. It was like probably 2009 or so.
1: Yeah, it was 2008, yeah. 2009. I, I I think I first saw you at the restaurant before, because that's where, where he, before you went to McGiving. Mm-hmm. That French guy was. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 Americ. Yeah, yeah. I remember that's so why I went there. I actually have some photos of that place.
0: At a wow. potion cafe. Yeah, there. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's why I met you there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I met you and I met Chris. Met a bunch of people. The people who went to England.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Katie and
1: Katie. Yep. Katie. She's a good painter. Yeah. Genius, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, also a pretty amazing musician. Too. Yeah. She's kind of one of those yeah. interesting, whatever, yeah. she's, whatever medium.
1: She's a triple threat.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was like a pretty... I remember that, that time was a pretty special time for me and a lot of people yeah. at that time um, yeah. for like about three years or so, probably.
1: It was pretty amazing that every Monday we would come together and do this thing. And I just saw so many like people that were so amazing, you know, and even comedians were good, you know, I mean, I don't wanna put the comedians down, you know, but like my friend says, comedy is is abuse, you know? And, uh, but some of them that I saw there were so incredibly good, you know, even the ones that said horrible, horrible misogynistic things, like, but it's like, I have to say, I hate to say this, but, he was so genius that I didn't care. Yeah, you know, and that's, that was was so, so special about about Poison. I met so many people there, and it was always such a good, such a camaraderie and love. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting because I still like Chris is still doing his thing, um, and some people are still doing their thing. Um,
1: but Chris kind of went and uh, he's doing like Brooklyn yeah. wildlife and mm-hmm. all that other stuff he started doing all the fetish stuff and yeah yeah um chris's famous for that
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah um so what have you been up to recently and
1: okay so i'm um I've been like doing like you know here and there you know i I'm kind of feel like I'm kind of retired, you know, like I'm not trying to look for gigs i'm not I did go on tour in December, I went to Europe, and that that was really great, you know, I played in, I played, uh, all the venues that I played were really great, people really liked me, I mean, I can't believe that I still have fans since I haven't been playing for so long, Um, so I've been doing that. The other thing I've been doing is, um, I recorded with uh, Hooray for the riffraff, and I co-wrote a song with her, and it's in the record, it's called, Finale is the name of the song. Um, the other thing I did is um, I met Ca- John Cameron Mitchell. Well, I, I had met him years ago. And then he he contacted me and said, Do you have a show I wanna see you? And he kind of hooked me up with all these other people. And uh, so nice and somebody knows everybody, you know, and he hooked me up and I, I I've been in a movie. Um, I'm, I'm working with these other people who have a podcast. It's like the longest running gay podcast in New York City. It's called uh, Welcome to Night Vale. So I did something for them and I'm gonna do some more stuff for them and they're using my music. So I'm just kind of like, you know, here and there, doing a little bit here a little bit there. Also, I've been, I've had some really in, intense health issues in the last years, you know, I had cancer. Um, I've had several surgeries and I'm having, you know, it, it's like, okay, it's fine. I don't even care anymore. I'm not afraid of the knife at all. I so said, go ahead, cut me, I'll wake up and it'll hurt for a little bit and I'll be fine. Um, so that, that's what I've, I've been doing, you know, kind of taking care of my health, being really aggressive with it because I'm 53 and um, I have nobody in this country, you know, and I need to like be able to like take care of myself. Um, I'm lucky that I have really amazing roommates and um, friends that always. I've, I've, you know, I have a, I have a core group of people that really love me. So, and I love them. But I'm, mean, I'm just taking it easy. and putting my little hands here and there where I can, you know. Um, I'm doing some mentoring, you know, um, which I find that is what I should do now, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I was trying to give some lessons to 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 children you know for quattro, but i'm basically you know I think that I really have done a great job make, making it so now in my life, I can just relax you know I, I learned how to be poor that 's very important how to be poor and not be dispossessed um, i've you know, I've learned how to enjoy time on my own, you know? so I don't feel like I'm not doing anything. It's like, I'm doing something, I'm thinking, or I'm reading a book, or I'm washing a dish, or I'm petting my dog, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I find that that's the only way that I can survive in this society, you know? Because I cannot work for anybody. I've tried that for many years, and mistreatment, bad payment, and then accusations of, of, you know, as a Latino, I'm just so tired. People tell me I'm gonna steal from them. I'm just tired, you know, or that I'm gonna come drunk. So I, you know, I have prepared myself. All this work that I've done all my life is for this now. I can just chill. I can be poor. I can go to the beach. I can play some songs. Somebody wants me to sing. They can drive me there. I'll sing and I'll come back home, you know. I have no ambition. I, I don't have the ambition that I used to have when I was younger, that I wanted to be famous, all this stuff, it's like, I think I already have all the fame I need, and, um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm left to, left, left to relax and grieve, you know.
0: Um, what do you think, like, younger artists or people, what do you, cause we started off there, so like, what do you kind of think people should be doing about the stuff that's going on?
1: Well, I really believe that people need to make phone calls. Mm -hmm. People need to write emails, people need to go to protests. We need to mobilize, you know. We need to not stop. It's like I seen, you know, it's like the only good thing that Trump has brought to this country is that he's put a fire in everybody's ass. People are actually angry. And uh, hopefully, you know, angry enough to let their ego rest, because a lot of people still just want to talk about Hillary Clinton, they want to talk about Bernie Sanders, He's like, okay, that's not the problem now. The problem is that we have this guy doing whatever he wants, saying that he wants people to stay in attention. He's just basically telling us what he's going to do. Yeah. He's already said that he wants to, well, anyway, so what yeah. I want the kids to do, and anybody to do, is to get involved, you know, vote. You have to vote. You know, it's no longer like I'm... I'm uh, but it doesn't do anything. Yes, it does something. And it's not only voting in the elections, you have to vote in, the, in, in, in your local uh, you know, elections, in your regional elections, in your state elections. You need to be interested because this, I mean, it's like we're, we're acting like children that we're just being taken care of. It's, like, no, it's not like that. We need to take care of ourselves. And, you know, people need to know that white supremacy is bad and it's real. But people need to be, people really can not let this ball drop. They need to keep talking about it. They need to like, they, they we need to, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna stop. And I, you know, it's nothing else. I, actually, there's nothing else I'm able to do right now. All I wanna do is talk about this, write to people, make phone calls, you know.
0: Um, and how about like different communities how do we get together, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> how do we do that? Do you have any ideas on, cause it's interesting, like I was, I'm just thinking, for the most part, like, you know, I think people do it natural. like it's easy when, it's easier, like if you have felt like oppression of some sort to be able to relate to somebody else, you mm-hmm. know, if it's a different thing. But um, recently, like I was bartending, And a guy told me he he said I looked like one of the predators, and this is an Indian guy, like you know, like the movie Predator. And I was just sort of like, oh, like the hair? Yeah, and I got what he was saying, but I was just sort of like, come on, man, because this was like right after the Roseanne Barr thing. Oh god! And I'm just like, you shouldn't like you should know better than that. And he's sort of like, what? I was just making a joke, and I'm like, like really, you should know better. And then he like still wasn't hearing me, and I was like, listen, man, if I like. If I said something to you, like, then I had to get specific. And I was like, if I said, like, you look like Mowgli or Aladdin, that wouldn't really be cool, right? And he's like, y- like, yeah, that wouldn't really be cool. And I'm like, that's like the same thing when you dehumanize. Like, you know what I mean? You got to be, you know, And I and I told him and I took the time to call him out on it because I'm like, if you don't know, one, like, I think, like, there's not really an excuse for that but on the other hand like then it's like in that case it's like my job to like speak up for myself Mm -hmm. and to kind of like I wasn't trying to attack him but be like man you 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 gotta be you
1: need to explain it you know I feel like I feel that way too it's like I know it's not my job to educate anybody Mm -hmm. but for my survival sometimes it is my job to educate people yeah you know it's like if they don't know I'm not you know you know the last thing they want to do is go read a book that's the last thing they want to do people right now don't want to read books they want to look at their phone they want to look in Tinder and just, they just want to move their thumb, you know. They basically don't even want to look at things. It's, it's, it's the dumbing down of our society, you know. So, yeah, I've, I have changed my mind a little bit about educating people, you know. I, I'm willing. I'm, maybe because I have been so abused in my life, I can take a lot of shit while explaining things. And I know that that's it's counterproductive, you know, because it's trauma for me.
0: yeah. Yeah, I find it, like, with Facebook and with social media, it's, like, on the one hand, people have the ability to connect to other people in different places Mm -hmm. and, like, discuss ideas. But on the other hand, it's really difficult because some people, like, if you're, like, watching Fox News or if you're watching, like, like, your local news is owned by uh, Sinclair Mm -hmm. Broadcasting, it's all kind of, like, the Fox News spin, which is... A lot of it's like not even based in, it's like not bots. news, it's really not news. But some people are absorbing that, and like you said, if they're not reading books. And if they're not, like for me, even like with MSNBC and like those ones, I still look at them critically and try to like cross reference stuff on my own, right? But that's like because that's what I know to do is to kind of question everything. But then when you're talking to people, like today, it was very frustrating, somebody was sharing a thing and it was called myths versus facts about mm-hmm. what's happening with the separation at the border but it was from like the homeland security oh, okay. who's like directly right, under right, right. and it was a lot of misleading facts like the one that over and over again is repeated is that like um of the families trying to come to the US there's been a 300% um increase in uh like, criminal, like, people, like, posing as Right, families.
1: They're, trying, they're trying to say that families are fake. But the yeah. number
0: of, the actual number is still, like, 0.6% of, like, all the family. Like, mm. it's a super low number. So maybe there's been an, in, but it's, you know what I mean? It's, and
1: like, none, none of the stuff that they're saying is true, you know? It's, like, the 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 things that were in place before, it's, like, I read, I, from all that I've read, it's, like, the <clears throat> the court, like, the the... The success rate of people showing up to court was like 900% or something. It was like 99-something percent. It was like almost everybody showed up for court, you know. People who come looking for asylum. Yeah. I, you know, there's a difference between... The, the people coming looking for asylum and are, are the ones that they're catching. The people who come into work, they, they're not coming through there. You know, it's like people come in trains. They come in, it's, they come in tunnels, you know. There's... There are tunnels, there are lots of tunnels, you know? It's like they can put as many walls. That wall, oh, it is another, another stew for him, another money-making you know, money yeah. thing. In Venezuela, they call, it, they call that stew. When somebody's, uh, that's what they say, it's his stew, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, what were you saying?
0: Uh, well, I think, like, just in general, like, the whole issue of, um, like, Well, social media one, like, connecting with Mm -hmm. people around the world and stuff like that. Um, Personally, like, I like to think of myself as a citizen of the world. And, like, we're pulling out of the the Human Rights Council Mm -hmm. on the UN and kind of trying to close... Like it seems like we're closing off to the rest of the world.
1: Yeah, that's what he's doing. The G seven, the the dad, and he wants to get out of NATO. He he wants to like he wants to be like North Korea.
0: Yeah, and it's I don't know that's really sad to me because
1: and then praising that guy like the way he did and how he wants people to respect him like they respect him.
0: Yeah, and you have to earn. I
1: think that the dude from North Korea doesn't like him. You know, (laughs) it's like. He, the whole time, they kept showing him, and the guys looking at him like, <laughs> yeah. I just can't. I mean, it's, like, it's not even funny anymore, because it's not funny. Yeah. The thing about Facebook is, like, I started to do... I, about three years ago, I started to do something in Facebook, because I was going... I mean, I had other circumstances in my life that were making me really upset, and... Um, so I would go into Facebook and try to have catharsis there, and it was making me really insane, and I was getting tons of trolls who were attacking me, you know. And then I decided, okay, troll blocked. Before, I would try to talk to them, because I was obviously trying to get satisfaction for my life somewhere else, you know. and it wasn't happening, you know. It was becoming worse. So now I just I don't have those people anymore. And as soon as somebody does something weird, I block them. Mm-hmm. immediately, I don't care. I don't have any problem blocking people, you know, it's like, um, I don't have to put up with anything, I don't need to, you know, it's like, also you've been friends with me, and we've been acquaintances for 15 years, I, I still don't need to listen to that, you know, I especially since I never, I don't see you ever, <coughs> I haven't seen you for 20 years, who cares, you know, blocked. Yeah. So I try, and, and I have, um, <coughs> I'm sorry, I have a, a few friends in Seattle who I kept on with them, you know, it's like it started in the beginning, it was like they didn't like it when I talked, talked about liberals and what that meant and how in Seattle people were racist liberals and, and they would get really angry with me and try to fight me and they was, these were really close friends, you know, and eventually they started to listen, you know, and now they're full on allies that incredibly angry and are totally out there, you know. It's like all the fight about Bernie people, Hillary people, you know, it's like, that was such a, such a point of, con- con, you know, of, of, of an encounter place where people just were so angry, you know, and at the end of the day, what happened, we got Trump. And people are still talking about it. It's like the election has been so long. I don't think Hillary Clinton is ever going to run. You know, I think that maybe Bernie is going gonna, gonna to run now. I hope he does, you know. I still disagree with him in a lot of things. Like, um, but, you know, he's, uh, anybody is, I mean, yeah, almost anybody. I just think that the Republican Party probably needs to, to die. It's not anything but a hotbed of men nationalism and nazism and and racism and all things are bad and hypocritical of christianity
0: yeah and they completely um contradicted themselves every step of the way like with this administration like not standing up for anything it's crazy um it's not really surprising but it's uh, it's disappointing. I mean, I had
1: I I I, I don't know if it's surprising. I, I just never imagined that Trump. I mean, I guess I never followed him before. If I would have paid attention to him before, because when I I just saw that thing on Netflix, the the Trump um, some documentary they have, and you can see who the guy is, you know, in there. Like from the you you can see when he started the whole fake news thing. You can see when he started. I mean, it's like as he got older, he just became more narcissistic, malevolent, malevolent. You know, malevolently narcissistic, and and a thief. You know, he's a thief. He doesn't pay. He doesn't. He's just he's he's a thug. You know, he really is a thug. Yeah. But I never like what I was gonna say. I never imagined in my worst nightmares that this was gonna happen. This is totally scary. I don't think that people realize what this means. You know, it's like first Puerto Rico, now this is like, he's, he's making it plain and clear who are the people that are, not, are worthless, you know?
0: Yeah, and he also had the comment I remember about, it was basically like about all black and brown countries. Mm-hmm. Oh like yeah, they're countries. shitholes, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's con- but it is consistent. Like, there is a pattern. And this there. thing,
1: he's always doing the, the white only people, mm. you know, sign constantly, him and the other guy. It's like every other thing. I mean, it's, it's not like we don't know what that means.
0: I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, you mentioned that. that the other guy,
1: the dude that looks like a vampire.
0: Uh, Spencer?
1: No, no, Miller. Miller does it all the time, too. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's too much. It's scary. You know, it's like, I, I was in the process of becoming a citizen and I kind of stopped. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's, I, it's I'm not taking any action in any way, you know, it's like, I, I have thought maybe I'll go to Canada. My whole family's in Ecuador now. I wouldn't, I would hate going back to South America because I just couldn't even deal with the way the, the the gender roles there are just so toxic. There's so much femicide, and uh, my family, you know, <laughs> so they, they're problematic too, you know. So I'm like the, I'm I'm the bad seed of the family, you know, and they would like to keep me. You know, we love one another from far away. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna wait and see. I mean, I really can't do anything. I'm I'm poor. And it's not like I could like come up with a whole bunch of money to apply for visas or or like move to another country. You know, I have a lot of medical issues, you know, I have doctors and specialists and I take a lot of pills every day, you know. It's like I have things to think about. I'm in, not in my twenties, you know. I had um, who was telling me, Oh my god, we met her at Poison to Ruth. She's, wow, Ruth Nenica? Yeah, she's in Bali. And she's yeah. like, you can't leave, you can leave too. I was like, I really can't. I mean, I wish I could, you know, especially to Bali. I would love to be in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm proud of her that she just fucking left, you know. It must be paradise.
0: <laughs> did she, do you know, did she leave because of what was going on or just in general? Just.
1: She just got tired of, I mean, that's the little bit, little bit that I. Yeah. Made talk to her it's like she just couldn't take it anymore yeah I mean she's not she's not from here either right she's from Guyana Suriname Suriname yeah or Guyana
0: yeah I didn't know that actually
1: yeah so I mean I hope that we can take it back from him I just I just can't believe we just talked about Trump the whole time because that's what's going on
0: yeah well um, is there anything else you want to talk about right now?
1: Um, happy Pride. <laughs> I mean, say I, I just want people to really stay on it. Stay on it, be present, see what's happening. Um, for once, just like, be outside yourself and see the suffering of others, you know? And care, you know? That's all I can think of.
0: Yeah. Do you want to play some music? Yeah, sure. Cool. I have a record for you too. All right. Thank
1: you. I don't know.
2: Do you have it?
1: I don't know. Hey, hey, hey. (coughs) (coughs) Okay, let me see. Tell me when.
0: Yeah, I think so. it's good. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Eva Las Vegas. Force of nature, that one, and just the real deal. Um, I had a really good time catching up with her. Um, It had been a few years since I'd seen her in person, so it was good catching up with her, um, not just online, but in person, and to hear her sing and play again. I've always been a huge fan of hers. Um... I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you don't lose hope and keep fighting, keep standing up. Don't become disillusioned. Keep keep fighting. Keep fighting for yourself and for whatever you believe in and what you want to do in this world and in this life. Thank you very much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. Take care. Do your thing. Be kind and speak up for others and I will see you And talk to you soon. Take care. Peace. (laughs)